The Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast features people from the real estate community sharing real stories about their struggles, pains, and even losses during their own real estate journey. We share these real experiences so you can learn from them and build a successful journey of your own. Now, here's your host, Cody Lewis, one of the managing partners at Vindu Capital, located in Charleston, South Carolina. Everyone, and welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to have you all back, but I'm even more excited for our special guest today. He is a real estate investor and community organizer, Mr. Paul Thompson, also fellow podcaster. Thanks for joining us. How are you, sir? Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm really excited about this. Man, I, I can tell you, you're not going to be more excited than me. I appreciate you joining. I'm super excited to have you and, and hear your story today. For those that maybe haven't found you on the interwebs and know a little bit about you, would love to get your origin story, where you're from, how you got mm-hmm. into real estate, and what you're doing these days. Sure thing. So I am a former corporate drone converted to a full-time real estate investor, and that's how I was able to kind of create my own freedom and escape the W-2. I used real estate as a means to to earn passive or residual income in that turned into me becoming an entrepreneur. I, I liked uh, growing businesses. And so that's now what I would consider myself now as an, a real estate entrepreneur, where I uh, do a lot of real estate still. And then I do a lot of coaching and consulting for people who are also trying to escape their W-2. So I live in Little Rock, Arkansas, and most of my investments are in Little Rock. I have some in a few other states, but I would say 90% of the deals I'm doing now are in the state of Arkansas, in the central Arkansas, Little Rock area. And that is pretty much what consumes my time. And I'm really excited to talk about all the uh, terrible failures that I've had along the way. Well, listen, I mean, that was on the right show for that, right? It's, mm-hmm. uh, we, we, we appreciate you jumping on and, and really wanted to dive into some of that of as much as you've been able to escape the corporatism, if you will, right? Get yeah. out of the, that W-2 job and have success in real estate. I'm sure it hasn't been easy and would love to hear about that. Yeah, there's definitely been a lot of mistakes along the way. And I would say, you know, the very first mistake that I made was not getting started sooner. Just sat around and hoped and dreamed and fantasized about being wealthy and successful and entrepreneur. And then I would just keep going to work and do my job, right? And so the it took me a while to overcome the fear of not getting into the game. I sat on the sidelines for 15 years in the corporate world, just kind of passively investing in, in stocks here and there. And it just hit me one day when I was on a, on a vacation that I couldn't extend my vacation because I had to go back to work. And like the story we talked about before, when we were off camera is we both worked in telecommunications and we were work, or I was working for a company that made the, the ability to work remote possible, but that was just not an option. And they're just, they were so backwards in some of their philosophies and they just, the many corporate jobs will just chew you up and spit you out. And I realized that I was spending my time building somebody else's dream and not building my own. Well, yeah. I mean, I think we can all relate to that or a lot of us can relate to that. I know I've met some serial entrepreneurs and, but I think most of us have been in that situation where you're sitting there in your office, your cube, or now working from home or wherever. And it's that, that, that thought of, I have to go do this and Mm -hmm. I might be making really good money, but I'm making even better money for somebody else. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, what, what was it when you were breaking away? What, what was the hardest aspect of actually make outside of the mindset itself and making that initial jump? What was the Mm -hmm. biggest challenge you faced making that jump away? 
Well, okay, here's the thing about having a corporate job is it feels like security and you get trained on getting a paycheck every two weeks. And when you're an entrepreneur and you're making a go of it, that paycheck doesn't come regardless of how the business is going, right? Like you, you have to create that reality that you've done the work and you've created the value into the marketplace that you've now been compensated for. And it, and it comes in fits and starts at first. And, and well, even now it comes in fits and starts. I mean, like I, my, my bank account now can fluctuate, you know, my, my business bank account can fluctuate by $250,000 per month to month based on transactions that I'm doing. And it can be, you know, you think you got a lot of money and you feel, you feel like you're riding high and then you realize, Oh, I got to pay taxes and I got to pay the contractors. And, I gotta, and suddenly you're, you're, you're wondering where all the cash flow went. So it's definitely a, a problem and a reality of running a business that when you're an employee, you're usually not having to think about. And I would think, or I would say that was my biggest struggle was kind of unplugging from that consistency and that the ecosystem that kind of just fed me little crackers. And so I had to go like build my own dinner plate, you know, <laughs> on, right. by, by from the ground up. Right. Right. You had to, you're, you're going to eat what you kill in, yeah. in that sense. And it, and it's, I would imagine when you were making that big jump uh, to your point, having to break that mindset, not only just for the paycheck, but all the other, you know, quote security blankets that were given in a corporate world sure. are, are challenged. I know I quit my job not, not long ago. And the idea and the thought of finding insurance, I'd been the insurance provider for our family right. the entire time. And, you know, I just had great, great companies I worked for that had good insurance plans. And I didn't even know how do you go get insurance if you don't have a W-2 job? You know, thank God for the interwebs. Right. But that I, I didn't know what to do. You know, I probably spent a day researching just how do you go about finding insurance? Yeah, as being self-employed, it means you have to go figure out all those things for yourself. You know, health insurance, life insurance, disability insurance. And we're just talking about insurance, not to mention all the other fringe benefits that are potentially out there for when you're employed that you just have to figure out yourself when you're when you start your own business. And that is not to be looked on lightly. I talk about escaping your W-2, but it's not a shame in having a W-2 if that's what works for you. Right. Just but you should also be doing some sort of investment so that one day you don't need to have an earned income in order to make a go of it. Right. Well, and I think to your point. For those that are maybe listening, or even the folks that they know, not everyone's going to be an entrepreneur. Right. Uh, I we had Kelly Garrett on a, a while back ago, and she she told me a while a long time ago that there's the difference between an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur. And the mm. entrepreneur is just somebody's going to work that W two job or even work for you one day. Yeah. That they enjoy and they need that that organization of being told and given direction of where they need to go and generally how they need to go about it or at least understanding the goal that they need to hit but they need that those confines and structures whereas entrepreneurs really don't they just say hey we're going to go at it we're going to figure it out we're going to go get it uh there are two different types of people in this world and it's okay if you're one or the other just understanding you may fit into one of those categories or people you know may fit in one of those categories or another Paul, I'm interested in your time in real estate. What are some other things that you face that are have been unsuccessful or aspects of real estate that you found challenging? So, in the same vein as starting a company, uh, when you start in companies, sooner or later you're going to have to attract people to you, either employees, contractors, you're going to hire outside professionals. 
And I would say the biggest mistake that I made, and it was something I still struggle with because I'm an idea guy. I want to figure it out and then I want to hand it off to somebody else and go do it. But the mistake that I make and, and I've, I constantly have to like improve upon is abdicating responsibility instead of effectively delegating responsibility. And those okay. are two very different things. But when you you can, it, it looks the same on the from the outside looking in. Hey, here's a task to go do. And then there's no, if I don't have the infrastructure in place and the systems in place to follow up and make sure that those tasks have been done according to my instructions and to my satisfaction, that's abdicating. When I actually follow up and have a, a routine, a, you know, like a, a meeting pulse and a dashboard and scorecards, you know, tracking key performance indicators, that's what a, how a properly run business operates. And they have like an operating system of how they're checking in on their employees and employees know what their responsibilities are and they have the, the right person, the right process, and they're doing the right things because that's what they, that's what they're made for. Like, like they, they fit in there. And so some specific examples, things like hiring property managers, that's something as a real estate investor, you're going to do sooner or later. Um, even if you're doing it yourself, you're going to hire people that do certain aspects of that for you, most likely. So my mistake was just saying, oh, here, property manager, go take care of it. And finding out three, three months later that some tenants weren't paying uh, rent. And I was like, well, weren't you going to tell me about that? And like, oh, well, it's, it's in the report. It's the report shown this dashboard that, you know, you should have gotten in your email. Like, uh, okay. So that's an example of abdicating responsibility. So I found out three months afterwards that the property manager wasn't doing a very good job and wasn't proactive about telling me about making the mistake or about not having a, a paying tenant. They were waiting for my input and they never told me about it, but I never bothered to ask uh, or, or and check in on what the processes were. Yeah. Well, and I think there's a lot of times we, we see ourselves and the people that we're hiring or working with. And it's like, well, this is how I would handle this situation. And we're not those people, right? right. It, we're, they're, they're not us. They're not wired like us. It's almost a disservice to them for us to think, well, this is how I would have handled that. Why didn't you handle it this way? Or, or even in your mind, even if you don't have that conversation, it's, well, it's frustrating. They didn't do this. This is how I would do it. I, I've oftentimes in previous roles in the W2 world as a, like a manager or something would have these types of conversations of like, well, you're setting false expectations. If you haven't set any expectations of what this person needs to do or how they need to accomplish it, if you if it's only based on what you think or know, you know, mm -hmm. I think that gets us into a lot of trouble. It does. And what's interesting that you mentioned just now is some of the experience I had in corporate world really helped me in running a business. Some of it actually uh, set me up for some surprises. So probably in your world, in my world, I was dealing with professionals. I was dealing with engineering people who had master's degree. Some of them had doctor's degree. I mean, they these were accomplished people. And so when I asked them to do something, it wasn't like talking to a contractor who only makes $20 an hour effectively. So the, the conversation and, and the way you manage people like that is completely different based on kind of their level of sophistication and, and experience. And I found the, the, the hard way that dealing with laborers, like, you know, physical laborers versus highly educated engineers, it's a completely different deal. And I was not prepared for that because I was trained on how to, how to help and, and, and empower engineers. 
that's a different level of conversation you have with a contractor. Yeah, I think all the HR training I ever got was how do you handle certain situations? But what they don't tell you is that's how you handle certain situations in a corporate setting. Right. Not necessarily on the job site or just in the real world. Like you can't say or do certain things that you would in a corporate world that are deemed professional or whatever, maybe on a job site, you know, different people respond to things differently. You know, I was very fortunate. My dad was a high school football coach, retired after 40 years. Hmm. One of the most valuable lessons he taught me was either from teaching or coaching football was that, you know, people respond differently and some people need to be communicated to differently than others. Some people need a little bit more handholding. Some people need to be turned loose a little bit more. You need to understand quickly discern and understand what that person's going to need in that type of situation and then give that community use your communication styles to give that to yeah i've learned that business actually is kind of easy people are really hard and and that is something that any level of of experience where you're responsible for other people's performance you're dealing with people and communicating and you can't do that in the real estate space all by yourself. It's just simply not possible. You're always going to be dealing with a third party that you need to get them to do something, even title companies, right? You can't just abdicate to the responsibility of title companies. What are your expectations? And it's all about communications and setting expectations. And that's something that I, I find myself constantly having to improve upon is, okay, what are the assumptions that I'm making right now that I don't realize I'm making? Well, and to your point on on setting those expectations, that's a two-way street. So as you're working with somebody, make sure as much as you want them to understand your expectations, you need to understand their expectations. It it doesn't need to be all one-sided. So I I love that aspect that communication is key. Whatever the communication style or effectiveness, like communication is key. As long as everyone's good on communication, you can usually get through a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you really need, I think, err on the side of over-communicating until someone says enough already. Like, well, and this is not my style. Like my style is, I said it once, why am I having to say it again? Well, you know, because we're we're flawed humans and we can't remember everything, right? So, and and just because I remember doesn't mean they remember it. So well, you yeah. have to say things multiple times. Right. Some people that they do need to be said multiple times. They right. and, and you got to remember, we are all humans and everyone's got different things going on outside right. of work too. So there's all kinds of different dynamics that go into this stuff. And you never want to assume anything good or bad about a person so or what they got going on so it's just over communicate until they say hey and let them know it's okay for you to tell they can tell you to stop once they Mm -hmm. got it you're good so well paul i think that's that's good enough place to wrap up there because that's honestly i think the baseline of everything that we we try to talk to is any of the challenges you face honestly it's all about the communication and working with the people and understanding uh, what it is that you need to be expectation wise, everyone needs to be how to play in the sandbox together. So I truly appreciate it, sir. For those that want to work with you, learn from you, where's the best place folks can find you at? Uh, The best place to find me is at myfreedomfoundry.com, or I have a free Facebook group called the same thing, myfreedomfoundry.com or myfreedomfoundry Facebook group. (laughs) There you go. Yep. Facebook. Cool. Well, Paul, thank you again so much for joining us. I truly appreciate it, sir. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And thanks everyone for listening at home. We'll catch everyone next time. You've been listening to the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast with Cody Lewis. Be sure to subscribe today on your favorite podcasting platform so you can catch every episode of the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast.